Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. It's 2019. It's a brand new year. So this is the first episode of the new year. I've got a really short one for you because there's really nothing much going on in fantasy football, but I want to just give you the latest news and notes in the NFL, along with um, some betting, of course, since there are still football games going on with the divisional round of the playoffs in the NFL. So there's four games. i got some picks for you. If you want to use them, feel free. Coming up a little later, later on. And... As always, what would a Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast be without a Fantasy Girl of the Week? Your chance to enjoy some beautiful Fantasy Girl action here on the podcast. But before we get into all that, we got to go through all the, the official announcements and everything. Check out the website, mycffl.com, mycffl.com. Everything that I talk about today, the... The news and notes, there will be links to all the stories out there, along with um, the Fantasy Girl and the bets that I'm going to be giving you that I'm going to be making in the in the playoff games this weekend. Also, you got questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us, cffpodcast at hotmail.com, or you can get Dan, who's normally here but not today. You can get him at strap1971 at yahoo.com. Also, if you feel like leaving a message, or sending us a text, uh, we can read or play on the air for you. Use our, our fan line, 414-520-8249. A lot of games last week in, in the wild card round. Um, home teams, did the home teams win the games? I don't even remember. No, the only home team that won last week was, was the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, they kind of got lucky on their victory. I don't, I don't actually see them winning this week, but uh, that'll be coming up a little later on in the bets. Uh, Lamar Jackson crapped the bed, as you would expect. But, uh, you know, who told you that would happen? That's right, me. But before we get into all that, let's, let's do some news and notes, shall we? It's time for the news and notes. The little things that have been going on in the NFL that uh, not necessarily fantasy football relevant, maybe a couple of stories, but uh, most of them just just giving you some information that that might make you think about what you might want to do next year when it comes to drafting your team. A lot of it is going to have to do with head coaches in the NFL. But let's, let's start with this. Let's start with the cancer situation in Pittsburgh. It looks like the Steelers are going to be listening to offers for a disgruntled wide receiver, Antonio Brown. Now, you will remember that Brown was benched by the team for the last game of the season due to reports of him throwing balls at Big Ben and getting all emotional when Ben calls him out of practice as well as as other times during the season. It is also reported that that the owner, um, which, which one is it, uh, which one of the the guys is the owner now? I, don't, I can't remember the one that makes every team talk to black guys for or minority player team 
people for uh, open coaching positions and all that. Um, he actually came out and said, too, that he can't even picture a scenario where where Antonio Brown is going to be on the team last ne- next season. Um, he, you also have the problem where, where Antonio Brown is is reportedly not very appreciative of Juju Smith-Schuster getting all the attention for his play rather than Brown getting the attention. So we got a problem with a, with a guy with, with a little ego situation. But, I mean, that was obvious too. I mean, anybody that had Brown or on their fantasy team or, or watched him over the last season, they, they, they understand what kind of a player the guy is. He's, he's an emotional wreck. He's a, a me, me, me guy. Um, I, I, I don't know if, if, the, if the Steelers trade him I, I can't imagine anybody that, that's going to I mean, he's a great talented receiver if you can keep his 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 ego and his attitude in check. Um, you know, it, the problem with these the, these millennials, I guess, you know, they they all get flustered when another guy's getting all the attention. They get flustered when, when they're not being patted on the back. They're getting flustered when, when the cameras aren't on them. And I I just think that that's main re, main problem with, with Antonio Brown. He's a great talent, but it's going to go to waste because he can't handle the reality of life and that uh, you're not always the number one guy. Uh, and speaking of players and might be getting traded, word out of Philly is that whenever this season ends for them, uh, they may be looking to be trading Nick Foles. Now, I, I can't begin to imagine what a Nick Foles would realistically bring on a trade market I mean, seriously, the the guy barely makes it through six games a season when Carson Wentz tweaks a knee or busts his back or whatever it is, and Nick Foles has to come at the end of the season and, and save it for the Eagles. I mean, remember those years when, when, when Nick Foles actually was a starting quarterback? He wasn't that great. Now, let's not put a whole bunch of trust in this guy after he only plays three regular season games and a handful of postseason games. Yes, he was the MVP of the Super Bowl last year. Yes, he won a Super Bowl last year, but he did not play a full season, and I don't think three games and a couple playoff games translates into equal quality starting stats and um, playing ability for a whole season. But that's, again, that's just me. Um, remember last week's game with the Cowboys and the, and the Seahawks? Alan Hearns dislocated an ankle problem from that game well um he's undergone successful ankle surgery and has luckily according to reports avoided serious ramifications from that injury the team believes that he'll be able to fully recover and he'll be ready for football action come august although due to his salary cap number um i would believe uh that the Cowboys are going to probably try and get out of this contract with Hearns before the season starts, which would suck. I mean, he put up some numbers for you and ended up hurting his ankle and and goes through all the rehab and, and the, re, the surgery to have it fixed. And then here he is. I'm sorry, you make too much money. We're going to be, be getting rid of you. So don't know what's going to happen, but that's what I would expect if you're an Alan Hearns guy that um, – you're probably not going to have him as a cowboy next season. And speaking of playoff football from last week, 
I'm not going to bore you with what happened since you probably all watch the games anyway, but as I said, Cowboys, Colts, Chargers, Eagles all won their games to move on to this week's divisional playoff games. There is, however, one nagging question that I do need to ask, and uh, I'd be asking Dan this question if, if he was here, but since he isn't here to bounce his question off of, I'm going to have to answer it myself, which I'm fine doing. The question is this. It's from the Ravens-Chargers game. The question is, should head coach John Harbaugh and the rest of the Ravens uh, brass have sat Lamar Jackson down when it became painfully obvious in the late middle of the second quarter that he was totally incapable of playing the role of starting quarterback? Now, I, I know there's a lot of people out there that think this guy's the next coming of Tom Brady or Brett Favre or insert, insert the name of a quality starting quarterback here, but I'm going to tell you one more time. I told you so. And I'm going to tell you that there is no way in hell the Ravens are going to sit down and finally admit that that Jackson you know, was a wasted draft pick. And it comes right down to that. Lamar Jackson is not a first-round draft choice, no matter the fact that they took him in the first round. They made their beds midway through the season, they meaning the, the Baltimore Ravens. They made their beds midway through the, the season after they sat down a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Joel Flacco to put in a quarterback who is nowhere near qualified to be a starting quarterback. Now, I may be wrong, and it's quite possible, because if, if it's true, it's simply unbelievable. However, I do not believe Jackson had complete. well, no, I, actually, I, I think I am wrong about that. He may have completed a pass in the third quarter. Who knows? He looked so awful that it was it was hard to watch, watch him. Um, but I do know the Ravens did not get a first down in the whole third quarter and part of the fourth quarter before the Ravens made their late... Uh, garbage time run and made the score look closer than it actually was. Don't be overexcited about that run by the Ravens, though, either. I mean, that was garbage time. The Chargers were were giving him room, trying to avoid the long bomb, which which Lamar Jackson is incapable of throwing anyway. But the the game got closer than than the game actually was due to you know the Chargers going into a prevent defense and letting Lamar Jackson dink and dunk and actually play running back for the Baltimore Ravens in the last part of the fourth quarter. So that that's my thing. Rave, the Ravens are are finished if they think that Lamar Jackson is going to be their starting quarterback and he's going to be a franchise guy. It's just not going to happen. There's too much tape out there on him showing that he is incapable of of being what a starting quarterback is supposed to be, which is a guy who can throw a ball. Next up, the head coaching openings. As you know, there are eight open positions for head coaches in the NFL right now. And as teams try to meet the NFL's affirmative action rule, stating that they must interview a minority candidate for the job, some teams have started to bring in the new coaches for their teams. First to make the move was the first team to get rid of their coaches' season. The Green Bay Packers, they've hired Matt LaFleur. LaFleur was the Titans' offensive coordinator in 2018. He also spent time with the Washington Redskins and the Falcons as a quarterback's coach. He also spent time as the LA Rams' offensive coordinator. LaFleur 
has gotten credit for the work he did with RG3 in his rookie year, as well as helping Matt Ryan and Jared Goff. The next move, Arizona Cardinals, who took Cliff Kingsbury, the guy that I wanted for the Packers, took him out of USC, where he had just gotten hired as an offensive coordinator for the USC Trojans, and signed him to a contract as the as the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. You'll remember Cliff Kingsbury. He had just been released by Texas Tech as their head coach. Uh, Cliff King- Kingsbury is considered to be a quarterback guru, getting credit for helping to develop the likes of Case Keenum, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield, and Patrick Mahomes during their college careers. The next move went to Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers brought in the first of the coaching retreads, as you could call them. Bruce Arians was hired by Tampa Bay after spending a year in broadcast. The two sides agreed to a four-year deal. and Due to Arians' retirement from football while still under contract with the Cardinals, the Bucks and Cardinals were required to swap late-round draft picks in order for Tampa to acquire the rights to Arians. Dirk Cutter, who you'll remember was the head coach for Tampa, has announced that he would return to the Atlanta Falcons as Atlanta's offensive coordinator. It was also announced that Tampa Bay would hire Todd Bowles, the former head coach for the New York Jets, to be the new defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Then we have the Cleveland Browns, who have announced that they will be hiring Freddie Kitchens. Kitchens has become the Browns' 11th head coach since 1999. Kitchens spent 2018 as the Browns' running back coach, and he has had no experience as an offensive coordinator before replacing Todd Haley in October. And now the Broncos. Denver has announced that they have come to agreement with Bears defensive coordinator Vic Fangio as their head coach. And this is another four-year contract like most of the other new coaches have received. This will also be Fangio's first head coaching job in either the NFL or the college level, just like Freddie Kitchens with, with Cleveland. And then there's the Jets. They have decided to hire former Dolphins head coach Adam Gase, who had been fired by the Dolphins at the end of the season. Apparently, the Jets didn't see quite enough of his coaching abilities in two seasons he was with the Dolphins. There's at least one person who's happy about the Gase hiring, Sam Darnold, who said, I couldn't be more excited about this. To be honest with you, I'm really pumped about this opportunity to be with Coach Gase, with his mind and his ability to lead a team. He is a good dude. Now, if that's not Southern California talk for you, I don't know what is. And and I'm all for being a company guy. What Darnold, I don't know what Darnold saw in the last two years that I missed. I didn't see much of a mind at work, in fact. In fact, I saw him practically destroy an NFL quarterback with his coaching. Ryan Tannehill went from a serviceable starting quarterback to a guy that we benched or that they benched to bring in Brock Osweiler. So, um, Darnold, I hope Gase doesn't <laughs> do for Darnold what he did for, for Ryan Tannehill. And as for the guy that everybody thought would be the number one target for just about every team except, well, the Packers, Mike McCarthy 
has made it clear that he was only interested in the New York Jets position. And I guess that means then that the apparent number one coaching prospect for the offseason in the NFL will not be coaching come next season. I don't know if he's going to wait for next year to see who what opens up um, or if he's just really just going to retire. Which leaves the other guy who would have been the second in, in line as the most obvious guy to get a starting or a head coaching position. Uh, New England Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. And after a couple of the announcements for head coach were made, Josh McDaniels came out and said that he is not interested in pursuing any of the remaining head coaching jobs, which leaves us with two teams still waiting to name their head coach. That's the Miami Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. And from what I understand, the Cincinnati Bengals are waiting for the quarterback coach from the, from the L.A. Rams. Uh, so once the L.A. Rams are done with the playoffs, uh, you'll probably expect the Bengals to be naming their head coach. Uh, and what the Dolphins are waiting for, I don't quite know yet. But uh, more to come on that maybe next week. Maybe next week there will be more the final two positions to announce. And that's it for the news and notes for this week. Like I said, it's a short one. So we're going to get right into your divisional round gambling picks. Here we go. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I got to warn you, Clark. They don't play the same games here as they do at them regular casinos. And here we are back in the casino. Your chance to, since it's this is going to be up there, and you're still going to have a time to um, call your guy and make these picks if you want, if you agree with my picks, or if uh, you know you realize that hey, he knows what he's talking about. Let's let's try and make some money this weekend. Um, for what it's worth, and I know anybody can say this, if if I would have if we would have had a, a a podcast last week, and um, I would have had my picks, I would have went three for four. The only game I had wrong, I thought I thought Seattle was going to handle the Cowboys, which didn't happen. But you know, again, take that for what it's worth. It's too late now. It's hindsight twenty twenty, and uh, yeah, anybody can say what they want. But uh, yeah, I would have had three picks last week. But here we go. We're more concerned with this week. You check the picks out on the website myCFFL.com on the sports investing. Actually, it's called the wager page on, on the website, mycffl.com. The first game, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Indianapolis Colts. The spread that I got when I made my picks, I have Kansas City minus five, and that's what I'm going to do. Andrew Luck enters this weekend game, this weekend's game with a 2-0 record versus the Chiefs in the playoffs. While the Chiefs have not really done that well in the playoffs at home, their last win in the playoffs at home was 1994. This, however, is a completely different Kansas City team, though. This year, they have the likely NFL MVP, Patrick Mahomes, as well as a coach who knows how to handle Mahomes' occasional second-year quarterback blunders, kind of like the same way he handled Brett Favre's blunders when he was in Green Bay. I do not believe the Colts have the talent to stop the high-speed offense run by the Chiefs. I also don't believe that the Colts have the firepower on offense to keep up with the scoring that is likely to come out 
of the Kansas City Chiefs today in Kansas City. Give me the Chiefs, and I'm going to lay the five points. The next game for today, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Dallas Cowboys. When I, when I made my picks, Los Angeles Rams were giving up seven points, and I'm going to take that. This is likely going to be the game of the week. While each team is somewhat loaded with superior star players, the Cowboys have lost one of their starters this week with that horrible injury from last week. Alan Hearns, done. The Rams won the last meeting between the two teams in Dallas in 2017, and that was before the Rams had the stud defense and the firepower on offense. Todd Gurley is back. It looks like he's going to be playing today. He had that extra couple weeks of rest. Dallas, as you know, has also lost the last seven postseason road playoff games that they have played in going back to 1993. I do not see Dak Prescott having the same success as last week. The Rams' defense is just too powerful, and Dak should be seeing quite a bit of pressure all game long. Give me the Rams, and I'm going to lay the seven points. And then we move to tomorrow's games. The Los Angeles Chargers and the New England Patriots. Right now, Chargers are a plus four-point underdog when I made my picks, and I'm going to take those four points. The Chargers are going to be on a cross-country road trip for the second week in a row, going to New England this week. Both teams have identical 12-4 and records. records. However, the Chargers just might be one of the best wildcard teams ever with their 12-4 and record. The bad news is that the Chargers are 0-7 against the Patriots, including the playoffs. I see this game being very close. The one thing that is helping with my pick is that I do not believe the Patriots are the fierce defense that they have always been. They are old and slow and can be scored on quite easily. I also see the same thing on the Patriots' offensive side of the ball. Gronk is not the Gronk that he has been in previous seasons. He can barely make it down the field and get open anymore. The only threat left on the team, if he's considered a threat, looks to be Julian Edelman. If you consider... What they've been doing the last couple weeks, I, I don't see much offensive firepower left on that team. Yes, the running game for the Patriots is strong, but they cannot live by running alone when you're when you're playing against that stout LA Chargers running defense. Like I said, I see a close game with the Chargers actually coming out on top and winning the game outright, making the pick of the Chargers getting four points. An even easier pick to make. Give me the Chargers and the four points. In the final game of the weekend tomorrow, the New Orleans Saints versus the Philadelphia Eagles. When I made my picks, New Orleans Saints were giving up eight points. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I am done with the whole Nick Foles love affair. Can anyone say Ryan Fitzpatrick? The magic carpet ride has to end sooner or later. And I believe this is the week that happens. Not that he's incapable of leading a team to victory. He has clearly proven that he can do that for a short period of time. However, he has never had to play against a team with the offensive firepower of the Saints. Again, I cannot see the Eagles being able to keep up with the Saints scoring. He just does not have the offensive talent that the Saints have. Arguably, no team has a better set of offensive skill positions than the Saints with Breeze, Alvin Kamara, who had 1,592 yards from scrimmage, 
18 total touchdowns. And Michael Thomas, who had an NFL best 125 catches for 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns. The Saints defense, as you'll remember, started the season off pretty bad, but it was among the NFL's best, one of the NFL's best defenses from week 10 through the end of the season, not counting the meaningless week 17 loss. Granted, a lot of this analysis comes from my belief that the Saints are going to be your Super Bowl champion this year. Give me the Saints, and I will gladly give you eight points. I, uh, I'm going to take those four teams, and I'm going to parlay them together, along with the four single picks. And I'm also going to do a parlay, um, all four of those games, um, in which is going to give me a Indianapolis versus Kansas City over 57 points. A Rams versus Dallas over 49 points. A New Orleans versus Philadelphia under 50 and a half points. And a Chargers money line win. So those are my picks for the divisional round of the playoffs this week. Take them if you like. If not, hey, don't. Doesn't hurt me at all. Um, remember, don't bet any more than you can afford to lose. And it's only gambling if you don't know what you're doing. Those are your sports investing picks for this weekend. And now it's time to go to the bar and see who our fantasy girl of the week is. It's that time we're going to get this done quick so you can, you know, stop the podcast and go make your bets. Um, It's the fantasy girl of the week. The most exciting segment of this show <laughs> your chance to go to the website mycfl.com check out the fantasy girl page and see who's featured this week and as i always try to do whenever possible i like going with something that has some relevance to what's going on in the world today and that's what we have this week our fantasy girl of the week this week is demi lee nell peters she was Miss Universe 2017. And if you if the name sounds familiar, it's going to be because everyone's favorite do-nothing quarterback, Tim Tebow, just proposed to her, and they are now engaged to be married. She's a 23-year-old from Sedgefield in Western Cape, South Africa. Before she was crowned Miss Universe, Demi Lee had com- completed her bachelor's in business management and entrepreneurship. She was also a part-time model. As I stated, she started dating Tim Tebow, and just last week, he proposed to her on his family's farm in Jacksonville, Florida. And along with the engagement ring, which is reported to be over seven carats and worth over $1 million, Tim Tebow also reportedly flew in Demi Lee's parents from South Africa, along with her closest friends, as well as Singer Matthew Mole from South Africa, who was hired to serenade the couple with one of their favorite songs. Must be nice to have all that Denver Bronco draft money and that uh, money from being a college football analyst on Fox or ESPN and all the money from being a minor league baseball player. But there it is, Tim Tebow. And Demi Lee Peters, the the soon-to-be Demi Lee Nell Peters Tebow. 
As you know, the 23-year-old Miss Universe from South Africa and part-time model, she has brown hair, hazel eyes. She stands 5 foot 7 inches tall, wears a size 6 dress, and her measurements are 35, 26, 35. Your Fantasy Girl of the Week, everybody, the soon-to-be Mrs. Tebow, Demi Lee Nell Peters. And that's it for this week. We're going to have another episode for you next week before the the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Hopefully there will be a little bit more news and notes for you. Hopefully the uh, maybe a, a couple more ch- coaching choices made in the NFL. Uh, but until then, you got questions, comments, concerns, send us an email, cffpodcast at hotmail.com, or you can send one to Dan at strap1971 at yahoo.com. Call our fan line. Call or text our fan line, and we'll read it or play your message on the next podcast. 414-520-8249. That's it for this week, everybody. Enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you again. Be good. Be good.